Good evening, ladies and gentlemen. We are tonight's entertainment. Welcome to the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Your premium destination for all things gaming culture. We have the latest in gaming news, reviews of the hottest new games, discussion and analysis of the games of yesteryear. When you're short on time and need your gaming fix, look no further than the crew who know their master chief from their master sword. I love Halo. Your hosts, Joel, Simon, Casey, and Ferg. So toss a coin to your Witcher and answer that call of duty. It's time to level up. This is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. Yes, frantically gunning down hordes of Russian soldiers as they pour into the control room, trying to gun down your companion, Natalia, as she hacks into the GoldenEye satellite weapons platform, this is the Discerning Gamer Podcast. I am your host, Joel JB Fury Beauchene, and with us this week, as always, are the DG crew, starting with the PC Gamer, the Sultan of Steam, still trying to work out what the red bar under the NOS meter does in <laughs> flat-out three chaos and destruction. It's Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Welcome to the show, Fergus. Oh, JB. Thanks for having me, mate. That oh, is uh, an hour and a half I'll never get back. What a waste. Uh, well, never mind. We'll give you the uh, the Wii U horn. What a uh, first, first one of the night, so uh, good stuff. Uh, also with us this week, the gaming chef, the Earl of Emotional Damage. As always, flying the flag for even the most excruciating Sonic titles and having high hopes for the future of the franchise, despite the team at Sega Sammy Group desperately trying to sink the aging franchise, it's Simon Steely McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, Steely. I, I find your lack of faith disturbing. Sonic the Hedgehog is as good as he's ever been. He's back on top. Yeah. He's, he's like a porn star in his prime. He's on top and he's just... Giving it all he's got. <laughs> wow, that's hard. Uh, very disturbing. <laughs> that, was, that disturbing. You know what? I wasn't going to be. I wasn't going to be vulgar this week. Good. And then you decided to some, say something really mean at the start of the show, JB. And now I'm ready to piss in it, everyone. <laughs> I'm going to piss in it hard this week. Wow. You better believe it. Thank you very much uh, for that, Steely. You better uh, believe it. And finally, with us, the Nintendo Queen. Pistol Pisty Pete. The Pissed. More keen than ever to revisit uh, the confusingly traumatizing Croc series on her PS5 when it launches in the near future. It's Casey C. Mac McLaughlin. Welcome to the show, Casey. Thank you, Joel. Good to be here, everyone. Good to be here. Yes, good to have you with good us. Good to be here. And uh, to kick things off this week, a little little tidbit I saw in the news. uh, The horror puzzle adventure game released last year on Xbox and PC, Scorn, is coming Mm. to PS5. Uh, Bringing the game to PS5, uh, Ebb Software planned to integrate support for the DualSense controller, aiming to, quote, deepen the player's immersion and to let the whole world breathe in a new way. With the DualSense controller's adaptive triggers, each uh, in-game weapon will have a subtle but different feeling of weight. Uh, One difference of note, Scorn will get both a physical and digital release on PS5, 
which differs from the digital-only release on Xbox and PC. Uh, Scorn was released last year as an Xbox and PC exclusive and uh, scored a very average 70 out of 100 on Metacritic and was described as having combat which matched the level of horror of the game environment itself. So, uh, horrific. Yes. Uh, so, uh, I don't know what you think about that, but uh, doesn't uh, necessarily leave me with a with a feeling of, geez, I, I better rush out and get this game. Uh, what do you, what do you think? What are your thoughts, uh, Ferg? Well, this was a game you brought to our attention. When was that? Last year. It must have been when it came out. There was a few good TikToks doing the rounds of some of the, um, I don't know, dare we say, disgusting deaths and cutscenes and stuff of this game. What I want to know is, is there a PSVR version coming along with it? Because, as you know, JB, you've got one. This would be a, what I would imagine would be a horrific experience in VR. Oh, it'd be absolutely... Yeah, it'd be absolutely <laughs> terrifying, especially when there's, uh, you know, things in the the game where, you know, things are attaching to the player's penis and... Uh, you know, ripping your guts out and all of that sort of thing. It's um, oh, that's just a usual day at, at work for you, isn't it, JB? Well, it it is, but uh, you know, down it, on uh, handsome corner, I'll bring that back from episode ten. Yeah, what? I don't know when I said something about handsome road. And no one knew about like, it. What are you talking about? Yes, it's. Uh, I don't even know anything about it. No, of course, but no, I I don't know. I, I don't know whether whether it's going to be worth uh, jumping in on this one. Um, I mean, there's certainly, like, funny parts that have been shown, like, on the streaming platforms, mm. like TikTok, etc. But um, is it worth spending, you know, an estimated 80 or $90 on? Uh, I mean, presumably, if that's going to be the price, I mean, I'm not, not 100% sure that that's uh, where they're going to set the price. It may be a bit cheaper. I think you can pick it up on sale on uh, Steam for... Around the thirty to forty dollar mark, mm. uh, you know, when Steam have it on sale. But uh, yeah, I, I don't know. What uh, What yeah, do you think? Don't know. Probably not for me. Probably only because it's a genre of game I'm not. I don't get super excited about. I can imagine the uh, horror buffs might be interested that are in the PlayStation family to give it a look. But for me, it's going to be a hard pass. But I don't know, JB. Maybe this is an opportunity for you to use your flash new gaming laptop. You still got that Game Pass uh, subscription running? No, I oh. I did uh, definitely let it lapse. Um, but uh, shame. Well, you know, still could could be worth a look. What yeah, about you, Steely? You gonna you gonna pick up Scorn Day One? Oh fuck no! <laughs> no way. There's not a bit of my body or soul that wants to play that game. Um, fuck no. But thank you for telling me about it, Joel. Not I even, appreciate. Uh, it. Not even with the. Uh, the scoopy thing that uh, yeah. I don't know scoops that really, really sort of disturbingly <laughs> so twisted I'd dude rather, out of that chair. I'd rather put a blood sucking leech down the eye of my urethra and then watch it on a on a body cam that it's wearing <laughs> its mouth eat the inside of my cock eye out than play scorn. Okay, well, emotional damage. You know what's really disturbing is that you came up with that. 
very quickly. My brain does weird and wonderful yeah, things. That's, wife. that's disturbing to me a lot. <laughs> you don't want to know what's going on in there. The things that I don't say. <laughs> oh, dear. Am oh, I right? boy. I mean, the, the game's described as an atmospheric first-person horror adventure game set in a nightmarish universe of odd forms and somber tapestry. Yes. It, um, it doesn't sound like an inviting family-friendly time that... Um, you know, what I look for in games normally. Well, definitely not. But, uh, yeah, I mean, I I wonder whether it's, um, I don't know. I wonder whether it's worth a look. Yeah. I'm, I'm not sold on it yet, but I'm not I'm not confirming, you know, one way or the other. Yeah, I think it's got a quite a bit of a cult following. Um, yeah, I'm just, I mean, I'm looking at the announcement here. It says Scorn hits 2 million players. So that's presumably, obviously, across PC and Xbox. So a lot of people have given it a go, at least. And well, there's a lot of streamers it, out so. there streaming the living daylights out of it because mm. of the disgusting sort of imagery that was going mm. on in it. Um, yeah, so the way that you're sort of nodding and, and sort of groaning at me, uh, Ferg, makes me wonder whether you've uh, seen some more of the uh, said disturbing imagery associated yeah. with Scorn. But uh, I saw a little bit when it first did the rounds, and I don't know, even that was pretty huff, tough to uh, watch, let alone partake in by being the uh, the person in control of what's happening on the screen. So, I mean, do we want... Uh, Games that are attaching things to our virtual penis, uh, mm. you know, in game. I mean, I, I know that uh, for some players like like C Mac, uh, <laughs> there, there is only a virtual penis. There's no real penis in uh, in uh, real life, but uh, but still, um, it's uh, probably better to keep uh, horror themed uh, implements away from it. Mm. Um, yeah, yeah thought, thought of the day. Thought of the day. She's so, got my dick to do that too, Joel. Do on that. <laughs> <laughs> All right, moving on. Um, Ferg, what have you got for us? Uh, some some news. Some news. So, um, I mean, this follows not long after, maybe it was two episodes ago, I was talking about the game Gollum and some of the very <laughs> poor reviews that were sort of circulating out of this game. So... As if in, as in the last couple of days, Lord of the Rings Gollum developer, and I'm, forgive me if I'm not pronouncing this right, but I'm going to call it Daedalic, um, is reportedly going to lay off 25 staff and focus on publishing. So their internal game, game de- development team is getting squashed. So well. um, they released a statement. The ball's hardened. A statement a couple of days ago. Daedalic Entertainment has made the decision to close its development department with full focus now on our publishing business. Eight promising releases will be launching in this financial year alone. Even though The Lord of the Rings Gollum did not live up to expectations we had for the game, we are very grateful for the opportunity and the learning experience it brought us. He's telling it, telling the <laughs> world that it didn't live up to the expectations you had for the game is very... Uh, uh, I don't know. I think it's very light on in terms of describing the absolute fucking nightmare that, mm. that they released on the world, uh, Scorn style. Yeah. Mm, absolutely. So it says, currently we are working on another patch for Lord of the Rings Gollum. Uh, don't bother. And that, that was it. <laughs> and the other interesting thing, a follow-up project in the Lord of the Rings universe that has already been started will be oh, discontinued. God. Well, thank oh. fuck for that. Um. And so, 
I mean, the fallout is 25 people are going to lose their jobs. And so they went on to say, we value each and every member of our team very much. And it is important to us that the transition goes as smooth as possible. We will therefore support our former employees in finding new opportunities within our network. Um, a difficult break, but also a new beginning in the already long history of Daedalic Entertainment. So, wow. I mean, if we look at the timeline, I mean, Gollum the Game was announced in March 2019. It was originally slated for release on September 2021. That was their launch window. Mm. Not quite two years later, it released on the 25th of May um, to just horrible reviews. The day after, Daedalic issued their the tweet went out with their apology, which mm. I can't find, so they've now taken it down. Yeah. And then not much more than a month after the release of this game, which was in the wings for like five years, they're shutting down the whole development team. Well, yeah. I mean, um, it's, it's obviously pretty devastating. They took down their apology. Yeah, I couldn't find it. Well, maybe they're not sorry anymore. Yeah. Fuck them. Yeah. Not um, sorry because we've just closed it down. Yeah. Fuck it. No, I, I, feel, I genuinely feel bad for the, the people that are losing their jobs on the development team because uh, at the end of the day, the buck stops with the game director and obviously like you're going to have people on that team who were given direction and asked to, you know, whether they're animators or coders or whatever the case may be, they were asked to produce certain material and, you know, I'm sure that these people have done it to the best of their ability. Um, so, you know, I don't think you can lay the blame at the feet of, you know, these these 25 people. I think they've been massively mm. let down by uh, the people that were calling the shots on this uh, turd of a game. Mm. That, so- that's a good point, JB, <laughs> because, you know, I think it's when these games release like that, it's very easy to kind of sit there and, and I mean, we we all do it because the game was atrocious. Let's get, let's get that out of the way. But it's very easy to point the blame at, you know, the people that were making the game. But I think it's it's a it's a bigger problem when it gets to that point that somebody was sitting there at the very top of it all and said, this is ready for release, <laughs> you know, mm. and didn't just say, hey, you know what? I think this needs to be worked on a bit more. Maybe we need to completely, I don't know, delay the game for X amount of time, really refine and actually think about what we're creating. But I feel like it got it got to the point where it was already too far gone and then they just did it. And it's mm. just kind of, that's a failure in management in my mind. It's like you don't just kind of get to the child's crossing, see the lights green, and then just tell your kid to walk and hope that the cars don't hit them. You you walk them through it and you you wait for the light to go red and you do it calculated. You know, and I just think they there was something that really failed there. And it is sad because there are a lot of people that probably did the best that they, they possibly could, even though, unfortunately, it wasn't very good in the end. But, I mean, that's that's a lot of time and effort that's gone into a project. And that's something that, I mean, you can't put that on your resume. Like, think about these people that are going to go out and jo- get jobs now. What are you going to say? I worked at Didalic Games and I made the worst game of 2023, arguably, maybe, <laughs> except for, you know, Redfall. You know, but they're all going to see another day. That's the mm-hmm. thing because they're all a part of the Bethesda group and a, and a team that actually has titles behind them that people uh, ex- have played and are excited for and have been excited for in the past. This is just... A, a bunch of people that, frankly, I'd never heard of um, until this game came out. And it makes you just, yeah, you do. You feel a bit sad for them. Because at the end of the day, I mean, it's it's like me when I was still a chef. It's like me getting a job at Subway at 33 and being a, a sandwich artist. I can't put that on my resume if I'm going to go and try and get a job at, you know, 
a really expensive re- restaurant, like go, go down a press food and wine and say, hey, I worked at Subway, they're just going to tell me to piss off. So, yeah, it's sad. Mm. That's my analogy yeah. of the week, everyone. <laughs> Two of them for it, you. Uh, it comes back to the, the old saying, uh, you can only piss with the dick you've got. And unfortunately, the <laughs> dick they were given uh, was extremely uh, unsubstantial. Is that a saying? I've never heard that saying. <laughs> yes, it, it is most definitely a saying. And uh, yes, so the dick mm. they had was unfortunately uh, uh, very much uh, underwhelming. And uh, I think the other thing as well is these guys have obviously been working at some point to a follow-up game, which has just been thrown in the bin. So they've lost their job and then they've also lost you know, their follow-up passion project, I'm assuming, has just gone in the bin. So that's disappointing for them. Obviously, they now need to find a new job. And and the other thing is, I mean, Gollum's as good as dead at this point. You know, there was, what, one sentence, eight words saying that they're working on a patch for that atrocity, which is Gollum. Like, who's working on the patch? The guys that are about to get sacked. I mean, yeah. what that, that game's now unsupported. So um, it's disappointing for people that are, paid money for this game and think, oh, it's a bit rough around the edges, but maybe they'll iron out a few kinks and it'll be more of an enjoyable experience. That's Who probably not going to happen too much now. for this now. game, though, Ferg? <laughs> like, like, you know, anyone who who has actually bought this game and then paid for the additional add-on, you know, elven language pack that uh, they were trying to <laughs> market to people, I- I'm sorry, but buyer beware. Like, mm. the, the warning signs were all there that this was going to be a total train wreck and um yeah uh basically if you if you still bought it and uh you know and uh upset about that well tough tough luck mm-hmm. basically yeah i mean it, it interesting to know how many copies they sold like on steam there's only 307 reviews all time mm. so and i bet they're all shit yeah, sitting at a 30% negative, mostly negative review score. And actually reviewed the best oh, on yeah. PC. So um, as of the moment, Steely said it's going to be one of the worst reviewed games in 2023. So on PS5, it's got a Metacritic score of 34 with a user score of 1.1. 1. 1. And oh, boy. The, P- the PC version, which has had rave reviews in comparison, is uh, sitting at a Metacritic score of 39 and a user score of uh, 2.3. Oh. Um. So, mm, yeah, no, that's not that's good. Well, you you ain't patching that. No, that's. Um, but again, we've talked about this before. I mean, they've picked the most un, not uninteresting character in the whole Lord of the Rings universe, but no, contrary what? to that, one of the most interesting characters. Yeah, but not one that I'd play a fucking game of. Yeah, that's you know? what I was getting at. Yeah, what? interesting, but all right. Was... So I'll, I'll put it. I'll put it out to the DG crew. <clears throat> if uh. Amazon Prime turned around tomorrow and, and if this was a streaming service that you had a subscription for and they mm. said, we're going to do a Gollum TV show. Nothing to do with the video game, something completely brand new and they said, we're going to do a TV show all about Gollum. Mm. Are you tuning in You know, for eight episodes no. a, a, a season to watch that show? Not yeah. eight episodes. If it was, uh, sorry, you go first. I was going to say, not eight episodes. Maybe they, there's enough... Maybe they could do a decent Gollum movie, a bit of a rise in the fall story of of Gollum. That they, I think they could pull that off. Maybe eight episodes, eight hours worth of content. Probably not. Um, yeah. I this is what I'd watch. I think okay. So who here's seen Better Call Saul? Uh, yeah. I haven't I seen not. heaps of it, but yeah. 
Okay. Well, so obviously, I mean, for anyone that's watched Breaking Bad, the sto- the whole premise of Better Call Saul is seeing a well-meaning, obviously maybe doesn't make all the best decisions all the time, lawyer who basically goes and does a lot of really good stuff and then meets a very quick and and ugly downfall towards the end because of the choices that he makes. I would I think that a Gollum series would be great to follow Smeagol as the character all the way from him being a diddly dee hobbit mm. and then doing all of the things that he does and and the life that he maybe lived before he found the ring all the way through to that that process of you know when he has the ring and the downfall that he experiences from it maybe the things that you know how how he I don't know cheats out his family out of certain things because he's obsessed with it and his friends and the fact that he's still and then the, that seeing somebody p- portray that and portray the duality of that character to then go you know if somebody who was quite good you know much like Saul Goodman right so I think that if you if you were to get the duality of Smeagol right and the duality that you did of Jimmy McGill and Saul Goodman I think that would be a really mm. really good show and then to see him then develop into that character it would be a very bittersweet thing to to because we all know the result but it's about the journey that he takes to get there I think that that oh, I'd yeah. froth over well there you Just go uh, it out there there you go Amazon there's your pitch for yeah. better call Gollum <laughs> better call Gollum fantastic a lawyer in the shire getting people out of trouble absolutely love that (laughs) all right well uh, moving on uh from the uh the atrocity of uh gollum let's pass it over to you steely for some news on uh a certain indie developer that we all have come to know and love yeah, fuck yeah. Have you seen this? Have you heard about this? Uh, well, maybe. Um, Annapurna, everyone, who we all know is the publisher behind Stray, held their showcase three days ago. Now, I know what you're all thinking. Steely's an asshole. He's going to just spend the next five minutes shitting <laughs> on everything that was shown and serving up some of his trademark tomfoolery. Well, have your expectations squashed like a simpleton ant on its way to a forbidden apple, all right? Because um, it's not going to be like that tonight. Nice. Okay. Yeah. You ready? Yeah. Would you Would you Thank say you. hold your horses? I would say hold your horses. Okay. Great. Proceed. There you go. Did you get the? I didn't hear the soundbite. Did you draw? Yeah. yeah. I, I it's did drop it. Coming through very well. It's all right. Did it come through? Yeah. 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 Can you do it again? Horses are here. Yeah, I've got extra horses. There we go. Oh. I didn't hear it again, but that's all right. I kind of heard it. Um, anyway, <laughs> that's, it's all right. It doesn't matter. It's all right, mate. It's okay. I heard the horses. It's fine. I know that they're there. They're I being counted held. Before I rode them in. Um, <laughs> first of all, one thing I want to say I liked about this show is that before every game unveiling, we got to see where the game was from, where mm. it was made, um, which is a nice touch. So um, all the different developers behind these games, we got to see where, the, where their studio is based. I thought that was really just fucking cute and wholesome. So anyway... Good, good on you. Um, now, for those of you playing at home, if you want to know everything that was unveiled at the showcase, you can go and watch it on YouTube right after the podcast. I'm not a harbinger of information after all, so I'm not going to sit here and tell you every single thing that was unveiled because a lot of it I don't give a fuck shit about, okay? But a lot of it I do. So here we go. Now, Emotional damage! Oh, I didn't intend on that to be emotional damage, but well, you, um, you're maybe, so, maybe some people will. 
Anyway, now that I've just had a little sip of water. Yeah. <laughs> first cab off the rank um, for me was Cocoon. Uh, so this was by the lead game designer of Limbo and Inside. Now, something vastly different from those two games. I loved Limbo. Um, it was creepy as fuck and surprising and sad. And I'm a little bit excited for Cocoon, I've got to say. Puzzles are plenty and traversing worlds within worlds. And by the looks of it, you pick them up and you, you transport the worlds as well. It looks very cool. Very cool, everyone. I'm very excited for this game. Um, but it's Cocoon. Uh, I, I never played inside. I would really like to play inside. So if anybody wants to, um, you know, get me that game. I don't think it's even very expensive. I'm just a tight ass. But so I'd like to play Cocoon, it anyway. you're so, saying. Like like hey? what a what a caterpillar grows inside of cocoon. Yeah, cocoon. Yeah. Not cockoon. <laughs> anyway. I wasn't wasn't implying that, but uh that's that's all right. No, he wasn't. Just thought you were. But um <laughs> no, it's just because you. I know how your mind works. Okay. Yep. Now all the way down in Perth, someone obviously listens to the podcast and knows that I want virtual tour games because mm. Lush Foil Photography Sim is coming. Hard, everyone. This is something I'm I'd love come. to play in VR. Um, yeah, you tell us, Trumpsy. Um, the vistas in this game are photorealistic, and there are some locations a Japanese fuckboy such as myself can recognize, like the Tori Gates, which is uh, really just, I'm just so excited to go and take virtual photos of it because I miss Japan. So um, nice. It's It's called Lush Foil Photography Sim. Um, the camera in the game as well has a full host of features. I'm excited because I, uh, for all of those of you playing at home as well, I also take photographs. I'm a photograph man. So um, I'm really excited for this. Uh, mm. It looks really cool. I actually, um, um, <clears throat> sorry to jump in quickly, Steely. I'll watch this uh, present, presentation as well. And I've got my notes <laughs> in front of me. I've, I've written uh, Lush Foil Photography Sim. Looks like it'd be an absolutely incredible VR experience. Stilly would froth over this. They're yes. My, they're my notes. Oh, I love you, Ferg. See? Highly this accurate. Is, that's the reason why we're friends. That's it. You know looks, looks very good. I, I mean, I was watching it. I love watching nature documentaries and just mm. being like, what an incredible job would it be to go to all these places all over the world to take these photos? And look, now there's a VR experience and it looks like they go to some really cool places. So, yeah, looks rad frothing hard um <laughs> next up <laughs> uh, next up tour t um now i had i think that this had maybe the the most entertaining trailer to a game that i i don't think i want to play um it's a 3d <laughs> adventure narrative game about a boy who was stuck in the shape of a t and his dog and mm. look i'm not sure how much of this game could carry my interest but the art style is gorgeous and the song in the trailer is funny and just it's cute and i don't know it's a maybe for me on um to a t uh but it's just something something to think about it, it oh it might be really good but anyway mm. to a t um now ghost bike has me licking my lips mm. i wanted in on this game based on the aesthetic alone and then when i saw that it was like a 3d adventure cycling slash racing game about a courier who travels between the living and the dead i was licking it up like a cat licking up some pure milk what are you so um <laughs> just really into that now speaking of cats uh stray is coming to xbox 
no one cares. So uh, last but not least, <laughs> thanks for laughing, wife. Um, <laughs> um, this game was weird, uh, and I don't know how I feel about it, but it's Thirsty Suitors. So it kind of reminds me of like the the art is kind of like Katamari Damasi meets Persona meets Scott Pilgrim. Mm. Um, so it's about a, a girl trying to reconcile some relationships with her past friends and exes before her do- before her sister's wedding day. So um, bit bit random. And look, I don't know again if it's something I really want to play, but it's just oozing variety in its gameplay. It looks like a turn based. Um, battle sort of thing going on but it it does look very cool I don't know it might be something worth picking up Um, very weird looking but I think that that's kind of what summarizes this entire event right just just flat out variety and I loved it I think this is one of the best events of the American summer or of the Australian winter Um, and I fucking loved the show Um, did any of you sex pests watch this whole thing and did you like it or what yeah, I watched the whole thing, and you nearly all of the games that they showed that you've touched on were the ones that left an impression on me as well, Steely. Like, Tua T looks incredibly cute. I mean, my notes here is cute dog plus banging soundtrack. <laughs> this is my dog. Yeah. He's on the couch. I don't know what he's thinking. It's just, I've also got here soundtrack <laughs> of the year. So, again, I don't think it's a game I'll play, but it looked very cute and just a very catchy song. I had to watch it twice. I was enjoying yeah, it that much. Right behind uh, Jack Black with Peaches. <laughs> yeah, that's it. Might give it a run for its uh, money this year. Um, yeah, Ghost Bite looks... Uh, that art style looks super cool. Um, looks mm. really unique. I haven't seen anything that looks like that before, but that looks really interesting. Um, probably one other one that was probably the big finisher, which you haven't mentioned, is they showed off pretty much absolutely nothing but alluded to the fact that there's a Blade Runner game coming. So Blade Runner yeah. 2033 labyrinth i think it was called so they didn't really show us anything there's no details but cool universe we'll have to wait and see what they do with that one um but yeah Mm. i agree with you i I really enjoyed how they sort of panned all over the world and you know got some thoughts from the developers and what they're about and their inspiration and then showed different things so yeah i agree it was a um yeah a really cool sort of presentation short and sweet and showed some cool stuff so but with stray i mean you get very Blade Runner esque vibes from that mm. environment and that that aesthetic, uh, anyway. So uh, I'd say they're probably probably good good team to bring it to life. Right? Yeah, for sure. Hmm. All right. So thanks for that, uh, Steely. And coming up next, we have Pisty Pistol Pete, the Pissed Master P, with some uh, some news about. Uh, a little game that she's a long-time fan of. Uh, what do you got for a C-Mac? Yes, yes. Well, this week we saw a job listing pop up for the title of Head of Monetization and Marketplace for Project Renee, so a.k.a. Sims 5. Now, this listing mentions it's looking for someone who has skills to manage a free and paid content game. So EA hasn't officially announced it yet, but yep, looks like we're going to see uh, a new iteration of The Sims as a free-to-enter or free-to-play game. Probably, who knows, possibly riddled with microtransactions or expansions to further your game's experience. So mm. for me, for me, it's 
it's hard because, you know, I've always forked out money for Sims expansion packs since the day dawn of time. For me, Sims 2. <laughs> mm. That was my that was my um beginning Sims game. So it's it's interesting to see how they're going to implement this if it's going to be because I you know it's got a bad rap free to play. Um, I don't know. What do you guys think? I don't know. I don't know what I feel anymore about the whole Sims thing. <laughs> <sighs> yeah, it's a little bit of a worry. I mean, we talked uh, about it last year when they first announced that Sims Five or Sims whatever it's called. What's what was the code name for it? I've forgotten already. Uh, pro- pro- Project Renee. I think Project it is. Renee is on its way. They made Sims Four free to play. And at that point, it yes. was basically, they were basically giving it away anyway. I think it was only $20 or something. But um, yeah, long has it been the Sims formula of base game comes out and then they periodically bring out expansions. Um, and so probably my worry with making the base game free from the get-go is, you know, what are you actually going to get for free? And considering Sims, right. Sims 4 launched and you couldn't even, I think some of the stuff that was missing from previous games, you couldn't even build pools and stuff. I'm re- what worries me is that the actual base game is going to be next to nothing. It's going to be bare bones, and so yeah, well, you have to like, start. Um, when they got, they got released the Sims on mobile, I was really excited about it, and I and I got it, and it, yeah, it's it was just a bare bones base sort of boring <laughs> game, yeah. and I, yeah, because I, you can get away with you know your Sims two and three. Almost Sims Four, just with the base game, not having to worry about the expansions. You know, you can get it. It's it's yeah. still got a lot of bones on it, but this, I don't know, I don't know, and I just I don't feel like just continuously I'm, paying money yeah. for for the experience that I'm used to. What what I'm worried about is having to pay like 120 bucks to get what the base version of Sims Four is, or something like that. Like it, it's crazy. Like beyond the expansions and all the stuff, I'm looking now on um, Steam. And there's currently a Steam sale on. So pretty much all of their stuff's packages and their expansions are all on sale. If you were to buy everything yeah. that's available DLC for Sims 4 at the moment, go on, have a guess. How much do you think all of the uh, packs, all of the all of the expansions is going to set you back oh. regarding that, say, it's on 30% off? I'll say 500 bucks. Is that am I shooting way too high? Or? You're uh, you're a bit low there, JB. Oh jeez, we've got a closer guess, Simo. Oh, what? Twelve hundred. Yeah, Simo's pretty what? close. So eleven hundred dollars. It's <gasps> one thousand and ninety six dollars for every all of the content that's been released. Oh, I've sorry, that's and there's I'm just looking now. I've got a couple of expansions, so that doesn't include them. Um, so you're looking, yeah, you're pretty it, much twelve hundred bucks. Yeah. So that's what it would cost me, what? who's already got three expansions on and the base on, game. And that's on sale. Yeah. So, <laughs> I don't know. Uh, I just, I I much prefer, and I don't really love it because the expansions set you back like 50 bucks. You know, if you yeah. want cats and dogs, you got to spend 50 bucks. And, you know, but I like the idea of you give me a base game that's got heaps of stuff in it and then I just pick and choose what I want mm. rather than give me nothing and just make me pay $3 for bits and pieces and then all of a sudden I'm at whatever. So, uh, yeah, I don't know. I'm, it, it's a worry. I guess the, the question that I – and I've asked this before and obviously we all, we all had a bit of a chuckle about it, but um, the, the Sims formula, like there's, there's probably not a lot they haven't done in the Sims games now. Like what mm-hmm. would they have to announce as far as an expansion pack – 
to bring you back into the fold, Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Like, what what would make it new and fresh and exciting for you that you'd just be like, oh yeah, fuck yeah, I'll, I'll chuck in fifty bucks to have a look at that. That's a good question. I think what I reckon they could do to rejuvenate the whole thing is get some kind of multiplayer aspect going. I think that's where they need to go to, whether that's local or online or I think sharing the experience with others would be make it more interesting. To Um, what end though? Like what would you do? Like let's say you and I jumped on a Sims 5 uh, game together online on our PS5s. What what are we doing in multiplayer sims? <laughs> I'm going around to your house and eating a birthday cake and then you're going <laughs> and then playing guitar in front of me for like five hours. Yeah, I don't know. It's a good point. There'd have to be some it is a good point. Uh, you know, you go to work, I go to work, we come home, we talk about it. it's just yeah. like real life. <laughs> yeah. yeah, I don't know. I think it's real life. <laughs> yeah. Mate, yeah. they'd have to have Yeah. Sharing the experience, but yeah, you're right. They'd have to have some kind of, you know, are you doing things together that actually has meaningful things? I'm not too sure exactly how it would look, but... I don't know. Have they bought out an expansion for 4? Do you, do you remember in The Sims 3 they had the, um, you can travel to different places in the world? Like they had, it was like holiday yeah. or something or travel. Yeah. I don't, I haven't seen one of those for a while. I would be really keen if they brought out an expansion pack where it had places in the world to go like you know yeah. japan for example you know different because that was a really fun pack that i got with number three even though it was albeit it's very stressful because you're only on holiday for like five days and you've got <laughs> to do all the bits and pieces in that time but yeah i reckon maybe traveling to different areas of the world in in sim land you know mm. that would be kind of cool what do you what do you think pissed what do you what do you want to happen in this fucking shitty game franchise to make it good again i just said it the holidays is that it yeah let me tell you what no. I no, about. No, this you is what i want in the fucking sims you don't even play it so listen to this i've got a good set of ideas this week <laughs> oh. sims it should they should fucking ditch the numbers it's sims world and what they should do is ditch the fucking because think of all the people just like yourselves you suckers playing sims since day dot that didn't used to have to pay all this all this extra money for all of these different um, you know expansions. There was a, a meaty base game there. I think that they could very much so make it like a, a Sims world where it's just like it. It's like everything from the smallest of the little town that you can do to then the city. So it's emerging like Sim City in with it to then you know functioning an entire world so fuck off the holidays fuck off everything just everything you can do the entire world obviously it might not be every single part of the world that you could do it in. it would have to just be do what though what are you I don't talking know. about whatever you fucking do in the sims make them <laughs> fuck each other and and, and bake, bake fucking souffle um but i think that if there was this i can imagine the trailer now it's just like a little person in a house and they're like and then they woohoo fucking on the on the stovetop and then all of a sudden it pans out and then it's the street and then somebody's walking their dog on the street and like somebody's driving or whatever goes and sees it's a very friend. similar to sims 3 they you could do that and then it goes out mm. and then it's an airport and somebody flies off and then next thing you're in a different country it's like the holidays but it's less shit and then they and then you can do a whole different country i just think that would be really cool and have it all available in the base game and then i think the expansions of the sims could then be you know maybe 
within each of those worlds it could just be little add-ons that come in here and there or maybe they could even do something like a, a like a, a battle pass for the sims where you can depending on how much you play you can then earn little rewards here and there and you, you can pay for little sort of aesthetic things that you want that doesn't mean that you're getting this fucking skeleton of a base game but that enriches the experience and they can still monetize it be greedy assholes about it but at <laughs> least give people something that is going to be substantial and hold their interest that doesn't cost them 1200 fucking dollars do you know what I mean? Does, does that sound yeah. like a good idea? I don't know. I don't really give a shit about this thing. So that's- <laughs> it's a good one. I mean, JB's raised a fantastic point. For the people, and again, they just love the game, so they probably will, but what's the incentive for me as someone who's just spent $1,500 on Sims 4 to then go and play Sims 5 and have to buy all the same shit again? Like, what? Mm. you know what I mean? Like... <clears throat> I don't know how they do yeah. it, but the fact that they're advertising for someone in a monetization role basically screams, yeah. and I'm sure it's not in the job description, but their role is basically how do you keep people addicted to this game whilst at the same time take their money? And that's that's their job. That's what they'll be aiming to do. So I'm just really worried we get the absolute bare bones skeleton and then it's just becomes this drip feed of money that you have to spend. And mm. I'd rather just part with a bit of, a big sum at the beginning and get something rather than just keep giving them something every month. I I reckon right. like in because I, I I've thought about this and it's like without without wanting to go down the the path of just saying oh you know put put more sex or this that and in it or whatever you want the adult like, version don't just, you JB? Well, you know, I, <laughs> not, not that Guns. I wouldn't not that I wouldn't at least be intrigued to have a look, but uh, I I sincerely think like if you're going to make add-on packs for this don't go down the path of just like selling me yeah an add-on a pack that gives me 80 different types of rugs for my living room floor like that's that that is boring right Mm. but give me an option to buy like a particular story add-on so you know you buy a story add-on and then all of a sudden your character is thrust into the middle of a particular situation that then plays out uh, over the course of, you know, a few hours. So let's say, you know, you buy a a story add-on and then all of a sudden, like, one of your neighbours turns up murdered and then, you know, there's a murderer on the loose in your neighbourhood and you're now living in that environment. You're going around talking to other neighbours, finding out what they know, uh, you know, speaking to the police, like... You know, you're checking behind well, you while historically, you're... historically with the um, expansion packs, there are story add-ons like within because you sort of buy the expansion pack, they give you a whole new um, town, I guess, with all different stories that you can choose in it. So kind of, is that right, Ferg? Yeah, like, that sounds about right. There's always some kind of reason to... But that sounds, that, <clears throat> but they're, usually they're not that exciting. Like that sounds murder. Yeah. Or, or like, good. you know, the opportunity to maybe put yourself in the shoes of someone that you wouldn't normally be in the shoes of. So like your you, sim develops a drug addiction, their life spirals out of control, they end up homeless and then, you know, you, you're living on the streets for a while and then you've slowly got to sort of claw your way back up and, you know, get back into you know, work and, you know, like you're living in a homeless shelter for a little while <laughs> 
you know, I really don't think they're going to go that direction. Yeah, but yeah. I like your, I like your enthusiasm. Oh, yeah. You know, I, I'm just thinking. I'm just thinking, like you know, your you sim going out in the streets and going, blah, 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 you know, buying crack off yeah. you know another another sim who's like who's like here, you know, I'll give you a bit of extra just just to try this, you know, and yeah. and then all of a sudden, like your tim's got your sim's got no teeth left, and and they're, they're just like itching themselves uncontrollably. JB's like, got a fixed meter that he's trying to keep topped up all the time, and then you know, all of a sudden, instead of just like your comfort hygiene and all that you've got you know uh, your, your level of high highness or whatever and oh you've got to God. you've got to keep doing drugs to keep your high level up and then you start there you go a, that's what you want to see for yeah. Sims 5 there yeah. you have to start that's selling your your furniture and shit mm-hmm. so you can go and pay for your next fix that's it you go and you know you suck imagine- the Sims cock on the <laughs> corner so them? you can get more drugs out of him I don't know like right. <laughs> Can you, you know, imagine them announcing this? <laughs> like, can you imagine, like, Sims 5 is coming later this year, and we're also going to be having the expansion in it, Crackhead. <laughs> or, like, you know, or, or, you know, Addiction. <laughs> the expansion where you can get on a whole heap of drugs, yeah. spiral your life out of control, and have so to you work your way back up again. Yeah. I can just, like, I'm trying to, to make it sound fun. Oral time. woohoo on the, uh, the, the crack dealer on the corner of the, the block. Oh yeah, God. Hanson Red. Have yeah. sex with people in a bathtub <laughs> while you bleed out. Oh, my God. <laughs> oh man. You know, or maybe even like <laughs> maybe even like you, you you spin off like a like a this is like Sims in the deep future, you know, so mm. like all of a sudden you're in a house that's all futuristic, you got robots mm. and shit running around. Uh, you know, go Sims in the deep past, like you got like Sims in the eighteen eighties where you're living mm. in the old west and you know, you're having oh, to deal with cool. like cool. like See, people having time, a, having a shootout with you in the street because you've offended them at the local saloon, or you know, like there's so many ideas that you could do with this that's more than just playing with dolls, living in a dollhouse, like because that's that's really what it is at the end of the day. And like Sims One, yeah, I I played it, enjoyed it, and then Sims Two came out, and I played that. And didn't quite enjoy it as much, and I just lost interest because it was just mm. literally doing the same stuff, like trying to learn new skills so you could get the next level job and buy the extra, you know, widescreen TV or whatever, you know. Mm. And I just think that that formula has been pretty much milked dry. Uh, I, they've got to do something differently. Like mm. it doesn't necessarily have to be about Sims sucking each other off, but it. it <laughs> You know, like it wouldn't hurt. Just change it up a bit. Just Mix like it try, try no something different. That. You know what I mean? Like yeah. the problem is they're just on a good thing, and want, it's a huge money spin. So that's monetization. That's 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 where it is. But yeah, get your sims to suck each other off and fucking <laughs> anal licked each other off. And... Stop, you're gonna be vulgar. You just said I haven't done a much this episode. I don't know. All, all jokes aside, there's. And I'm sure C-Mac's feeling the exact same way. There's something about these games which I just love. And just talking about them just makes me want to go and play Sims 4. Mm. Like, not even joking. Like, I don't know what it is. There's something about them that just, I know it resonates with me, that just makes it an enjoyable experience to just do mundane things. And I don't know what it is, but... <clears throat> oh, my my kids like just cooking food, letting it go bad, and then forcing the sim to eat it and yeah, vomit everywhere. Brilliant. They think that that's the... That's brilliant. That's, the, that's all they do when they're playing this game. There is no other interest at all in doing any of the other activities. So, oh, maybe they can just make that make that a, a, a game add-on pack, you know. Mm. 
like making your sim eat progressively more disturbing <laughs> things. Mm. I don't know. Maybe anyway. they could make an add-on where the sim uh, downloads a whole heap of malware. Oh. Good job, Simon. That was that my segue. segue. Well, here we go. And this week's yeah. malware of the week comes courtesy of Pistol Pisty Pete the Pissed. What have yes. you got? What do you got for us? Now we actually don't even know. What, we actually haven't been told ahead of time what uh, what the <laughs> malware of the week's going to be. So I know uh, what it is. Uh-oh. Please I know enlighten what it is. us. Please enlighten us. What is it, Ferg? It's a plot twist. C Mac's gone back and played my time at Porsche. No. Oh. I haven't gone back to the original. I can't no. do it. I don't, we, don't, we don't even have it. We got rid of it. No, it's gone. No, this is right, an even no better idea. game. This one. Ooh. My time at Sandrock. <laughs> we we trawled the free-to-play Switch um, store and the PlayStation store for a very long time. I found a perfect one, but then it wouldn't. It was said it was unavailable to download. What was it called? I can't remember. It was some tour time. Or something. I don't know. <laughs> business business tours or something. I don't know. But anyway, it wouldn't it's let Paul me street, down. Wasn't it? Or oh, I like I don't know. It some, was some crap. some crap. But anyway, so I ended up um seeing this game and I said to Simon, "Oh, it's a bit bit." Oh, come on. And he <laughs> so we spent an hour looking for a game and then we finally circled back to this one. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it was a game. So <laughs> for my malware of the week, I'll be reviewing the um the game called Cuties Hacked. Oh no, someone stole my photos. <laughs> so um oh, dear. oh no. This is by It's just one of those yeah, anime porn is... games yeah. that uh, we've previously um, mentioned yeah there is porn elements i don't know it's the softest hmm? soft core porn you've seen in your life well so it's by developer some quest does it which... <laughs> joel's really interested does all it of feature sudden. the picture of an anime girl in the cover art with extremely <laughs> large breasts yeah yeah, yeah okay. nice. I, I don't i don't actually know but i'm assuming it does because that that's the game <laughs> so, in a nutshell, it's kind of a ba- very, very basic sort of Pac-Man-esque arcade game, but not anywhere near as good as Pac-Man. So, you move mm. your icon around a board or a picture, and you try to avoid bad guys while drawing squares with your icon to unveil bits of a picture underneath. So mm. where this game really levels up above all others is that you play as a what we assume a small blue-coloured pervert <laughs> who, is, who is trying to hack sexy anime girl photos on their phones. So, yeah. Nice. So anyway, nice. the description description of the game, this is the official description from the developer. Cuties Hacked is a new spin... Uh, on the classic, a classic arcade formula of Zonics that rewards your reflexes and skills with sets of beautifully crafted arts featuring some cuties. Mm-hmm. Prepare to avoid mm-hmm. obstacles and opponents. Use boosts to your advantage and beat target times to unveil pictures from the phones of cuties that you've been dreaming about. Wow! <laughs> mm, so it's, it I managed to unveil. 
it it sounds highly disturbing that that you're hacking into the phones <laughs> of young ladies and stealing their uh, intimate photos. Uh, and the photos that you unveil, they're not happy. No, there was one girl who in the locker room, <laughs> and she's like. She's like, the fuck are you doing, man? Like, get your phone away from me. It wasn't even like you were hacking her phone. You were hacking some other perp's phone oh, in a fucking locker room. Taking an unsolicited picture of someone. I reckon oh, I managed to unveil two photos, but before I, I could not cope with it anymore. So Simon took over so he could pervertly hack the phones. <laughs> um, He got photos of two other cuties. Um, mm. So we unlocked three photos of each cutie, two girls, um, and then once we we did that, uh, we were faced with the choice of paying about fifteen bucks to buy the next girl. So we could wow. either pay fifteen bucks to unveil her three sexy photos, <laughs> <laughs> or we could just look at the ones that we've already hacked. So hey, we had a total wow. of six altogether. Some were in space, um, and one was in a locker room. Hey, wow. It's infinitely more value than you get downloading a Sims expansion anyway. Oh, my case. Overall, this game Emotional damage. strange and, yes, point, pointless. And I'm not sure why someone would actually pay to buy these additional girls because mm. the sexy photos that they say are things I've been dreaming about, they're not very exciting. They're pretty tame no. anime photos that you could just find online if you really wanted. But... Yeah. You know, I say this, but it has been critically well received. So it's had one user review on Metacritic. Oh, okay. So wow. I had to, which I had to use Google Translate to read because it was in Arabic. Um, mm -hmm. So this is yeah. what Google Translate um, says. Thank you for making this game. It is very wonderful. Thank you very much. Is there <laughs> another version for mobile? Please reply. And thank you. Nice. So, <laughs> um, no, no, no actual score, but this guy did give it five or girl. I don't know who it was, but yeah, mm. gave it five. Wow. So there you go. That's 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 the game that we yes. played and wasted a good couple of hours. Nice. Out. Oh yeah, fine. After Random. We say not playing. <laughs> it's not good, guys. It's not well, good. You know, the, they have uh, tickled the fancy of that uh, random hentai enthusiast uh, <laughs> yeah. from the sounds of it. So, <laughs> what's your? Yeah, uh... but it's. I don't know why, because it's such. And even the actual gameplay, the arcade element, is not fun. It doesn't make sense. Like, it, what were we saying? That you feel like you've got the gist of it, where you okay, you got to draw a square. <laughs> Like you have to make a, a a square to sort of block out, like unveil that bit of the picture before the bad mm. guys sort of touch your square. But then sometimes it just didn't work. Did it? Yeah. <laughs> sometimes it would like draw a line and it would only make the line unveiled. And then sometimes you would be a do huge a square block. and it would square out an entire block and it would unveil something. <laughs> and you just so, kind of yeah. like, what is the reason fucking rhyme to this? Like, <laughs> what? like your reward though is that really not good photo like picture sorry of them it's not they're not even are they, uh, anything are the, you are the images see in the, in pornographic the or, or they're, they're just they're, uh, i mean you know it, are the images pornographic or are the women in the photos clothed they got clothes on but who knows maybe that 15 dollars i didn't spend mm. i'm missing out on, that's it. on more, sort of more nakedness but super porno no, they, yeah, they've had these clothes on yeah yeah, wow. It's just so weird. And There's just... lots of bending over, really. I wonder how much money they made. Because they're being hacked. <laughs> <laughs> I wonder how much money they made with this game. Like that's I wonder... what they're doing to anyone who's willing to pay for the yeah. uh, $15 add-on pack. Uh... 
Look, I mean, and you know, I I wouldn't know, but I've heard that you know, I think they're giving that stuff away for free on the internet. Oh, so. I Oh, I wouldn't know, JB. But I did. I did hear. I did hear at one point. Putting all this effort into unveil these photos that it's just too much effort for a crap game, for a crap photo. Yeah, it's almost like the the, like the the old games and like the Commodore sixty four where you could get like a strip poker and you know stuff Mm. like that, and it was always like very blocky and pixelated and everything. But For and, some and now Simon's was... worried that everyone's going to see that he's played the cuties hacked all nose <laughs> on my photos. Yeah, I, I said to Casey, I said, "I'm going to get a fucking knock on the door tomorrow <laughs> from you know from fucking federal police. They're going to knock on the door and they're going to say, oh, um, you playing this?' They're going to say, we would noticed that you downloaded cuties hacked uh, onto your fucking PlayStation. Yeah. What's to go there? A game about <laughs> hacking like... nude photos <laughs> off of young girls' phones. Oh, of yeah. young girls. And then me sitting there going, oh well." Like, oh, we did it for a segment. Did it for this podcast that we do, and they're just going to go. Well, no, you didn't. You fucking pervert. <laughs> and then anyway, just wouldn't go well. Yeah, the fact that mm. you're you're hacking you're hacking their phones, it's really not cool. But I just don't understand. There's one girl in a locker room, and then how do you go from the girl in the locker room to the fucking girl in space? I just don't understand <laughs> the reason or rhyme to this game in this every guy- aspect. She's, he, a, she's an astronaut. Yeah, I was going to say. Yeah, like, a... <laughs> how is he fa- hacked into the mainframe of a pervert's phone in a in a locker room, taking a photo of a girl, and then all of a sudden he's and the space company is called NISA, <laughs> not NASA. He's hacked into <laughs> NISA, and and now he's fucking watching this girl in space float around, completely clothed in her, you know, hyper futuristic space uniform. No, but the more you unhack, like the more sorry, the more you hack in, she slowly takes her um gear off yeah but there wasn't much no seems like an occupational hazard in space Mm. i don't know i don't know about you turk but you're in space but hearing (laughs) hearing simon and casey team up on this i'm getting very jeffrey epstein (laughs) gillane maxwell vibes (laughs) off uh, these two (laughs) i couldn't do it anymore i couldn't play anymore i tell you i know it was my turn to do it the hour of the week but oh it was really just and it just it was painful. It's the worst fucking thing I've played. <laughs> do, you, do you guys have a uh, <coughs> discerning gamer score for us? only six levels. It was, I played more of that than I did of Crocs World 2. <laughs> <laughs> well, oh, well, there you go. Have we got a, you got a score for us, C-Mac? How many discerning Ceiling? gamers are you giving it? Oh, I'll give it uh, one out of ten purely because... It was a game that lo- loaded onto the PlayStation. I could actually download it. So All right, well, yeah, 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 yeah. there we go. I could actually get it. That was hentai of the week. Fantastic. Well, well done, uh, Casey, and uh, good on you Thank for. You. Uh, Putting putting your own sensibilities on the line to protect our <laughs> listeners from ever having to experience uh, such uh, such malware on their uh, their own yeah. systems. Uh, well, that takes us to this week's novelty segment. Kareem Abdul Jabbar. <laughs> oh, of course, why wouldn't you like him? He's a fucking legend of the sport. 
certainly yeah, is. Yeah, nice. Really? All right. Well, yeah. uh, to kick uh, things off this week, uh, our segment is going to be favourite indie games. Now, it's a, I mean, it's a pretty broad uh, topic. There's so many different games that you could uh, possibly choose from. And to kick things off, we're going to go with Fergus Fergamon Hamilton for his favourite indie game. What have you got so for us? For this week, I'm going to break the rules to start off with. I'm not going to go with my favourite. Okay. I thought I, <laughs> I thought because when I thought about it, I was like, favourite indie game. And first, the first game I thought about was Stardew Valley. And I've already banged on about this game numerous times and then I thought what else and I thought of a few other games I'm like I've already talked about them on the podcast so I'll keep it a bit fresh so what I wanted to use the segment to do was talk about an indie game which like a lot of indie games are, are doing something a bit unique of you know an interesting video game maybe a different kind of video game something that is I found enjoyable but maybe not the most best game ever and, and I fell upon a game which I don't know why but I was popped in my thoughts during the week and that was a game called her story now okay hang on her story um quite simply is it's a video game about a woman talking to the police so the spiel for this game is her story and this is what it's all about is an award-winning video game by sam barlow who was the creator of silent hill shattered memories and a game called isle it's a crime fiction game with non-linear storytelling. Her story revolves around a police database full of live action video footage. It stars Viva Seifert, actress and one half of a band called Joe Gideon and the Shark, just for your information. So, oh, yeah. basically how it works is you sit in front of a desktop computer, um, which you log into, which is in a police database full of video footage. Um and the footage that you look at is um, sort of spans seven different interviews in the early 90s um, with this woman. And she's interviewed basically about her missing husband. And it's unlike anything I had ever played before at that point. And it was just a really interesting take on something a bit unusual as a video game. So what it reminds me of is I think last year, I think last year or was the year before was the year of games like Wordle and all the web-based games that were doing the rounds. Mm. And one, I don't know if you guys ever played, it's called Redactyl. And basically what it was is every day you got a different Wikipedia article and you had to type in words in order to get to the title of the Wikipedia article. So you'd start with basically a big sheet with some of the words. You'd type something in and if, if you hit a, a word that was correct in the article, it would basically show it. And you were trying to work backwards to find out what this article was about. And this game plays out pretty much exactly the same except it's with videos and so you open the game up and you start it off with the first word which is murder and you get given four video clips and you basically watch them and from the beginning you're talking to this woman she's called hannah and she's obviously there being interviewed about the murder of her husband and what you do is you just type different keywords and when she, if any of them hit in the video you watch the video and it's just a really interesting way of like storytelling, whereas as things play out, it seems pretty clear cut at the beginning. You're just like, all right, someone's been murdered, the partner, they're talking to the wife, she's the prime suspect, seems pretty straightforward. But as you unlock more videos, and they're not always in, um, in actual order of when they were done, you start putting the pieces together and it starts like branching out into this really big, 
I don't know, plot and storyline. And yeah, it's very, very interesting and a very unique um, sort of video game. And maybe not for everyone because it's a bit slow and, and whatever, but highly enjoyable. And I think I bowled it over in about five hours. I finally stumbled upon, you know, the last video in the sequence. Um, I don't want to go into too many details because I don't want to give it away for anyone who plays it. But um, yeah, a really fantastic indie indie game. Very clever. Um, this guy, Sam Barlow, he's, he released a couple games since then. He had a follow-up, which was called Telling Lies, which interestingly, a bit of crossover with um, Steely's News this week was a game um, published by Annapurna Interactive as well, which had some mixed reviews, but I'm pretty keen to play it. A similar thing. There's four people sort of telling a story and they're all lying and you have to pick which ones is the person who's been truthful and not truthful. Um, but yeah, really interesting one. I don't know if you guys have heard of it before or have any experience with it. Mm, Her story. I have, played, I have actually played it. Yeah. Oh. Yeah, I what? thought it was all right. I, like, I don't know. Like, I guess once you uncover the bulk of the story, it could be a bit frustrating trying to find the right keywords to unlock the mm. specific videos that you need to see. But uh, yeah, it was okay. Mm. Mind it. Yeah. Well, if you've uh, got any interest in it, it's currently on Steam's got their big summer sale on the moment and it's 90% off. I think it's a dollar, dollar <laughs> fifty or something. Wow. Um, so, you know, that's pretty cheap price point of entry there if you have any it's interest in playing. Mars bar. That's it. It's bloody <laughs> the same price as that malware that I played last week. <clears throat> yeah, beautiful. <laughs> and it's a decent game. Anyway, you know, have you heard about this one, C-Mac and Steely? Her story? No, nah, I haven't. Sounds cool though. Yeah, it it's just cool. it's an interesting, yeah. interesting narrative-driven story. Something a bit different. I thought I'd bring it to the attention of maybe our listeners of a game that I enjoyed, which is an indie game, which doesn't cost too much, which may be of interest. And yeah, I enjoyed it. Check it out. Thanks, Vic. All right. So uh, coming up next, we've got Simon Steely McLaughlin. What is your favourite indie game? Oh, here we go, everyone. Now, look, I I was about to just spit out a fucking indie title here that I recently played, and then I was looking through um, all the indie games that I've played, and I was surprised by how many I'd played and how many I loved. But the one that takes the cake for me, um, and I, I, I'm i a bit in the same boat as Fergus with this, I've done it to death, but it's Cuphead. <laughs> um, Cuphead all the way. No indie game has captured me quite like Cuphead. The challenge of the boss battles, the music, the art, the DLC as well, which was just fucking immaculate. The humor. Um, it's it's what I love about games, right? It's it's a marriage of multiple art forms, which I think is one of my favorite things about video games, is that there is so there's a a, a complete and utter treasure trove of art forms that get put into games, whether it be, you know, art or acting or, you know, voice, music, all that kind of stuff, the, the programming that goes into it as well. But and then it's the way that it all comes together. And <clears throat> this game is just no exception. Um, it is just uh, style heavy and it's a well-presented masterpiece. Now, I'm not going to bang on about Cuphead too much because I have talked about it a lot, but I have some special mentions here. Mm. Death's Door, um, one of the most 
hidden gems in an indie game. Uh, it, it's an absolute triumph. Casey and I just stumbled across this one day. And oh, oh, the other game. Death's Sorry. Door, yeah. yeah you, you, with the crows? With the crows. Yeah. yeah, absolutely fucking incredible. I love this game so, so much, and I urge everyone to play it. It's just, Very it's good. like a, a kind of like Zelda meets Dark Souls meets, I don't know. It's It's just, I don't know. There's something about it. It's really, really good. Good, great puzzles in it as well. Really satisfying combat and just ultra funny. And um, yeah, just a great game. Gonna play it. Um, all the way from Adelaide, it's Team Cherry with Hollow Knight. Now, enough said, really. It's a roguelike in our very city, and something that I think we can only be proud of. It's an incredible game. And I just started just started replaying it the other day because I'm I, I never finished Hollow Knight, and I want to be ready for when Silk Song comes mm. out. Um, and it's just—I mean, I always enjoyed it when I was sort of playing it on the PC at one point. Um, I got it for free at some point, and I was just blown away. And now I'm playing it for free on the PlayStation um, Plus uh, God Tier, whatever it's called. Um, and <laughs> I, I just just anyone that can access this game. Give it a try and play it because it is really addictive. It's really good. Um, and then the following. So Dead Cells, uh, love Dead Cells, Oxen Free, Fez, Limbo, Celeste. Yeah, it's just one game. So. And Stray. I couldn't do it. I just I think that um look, indie games are really like what Ferg said, looking for something that um you know that, that is doing something different, and I think indie games are really pushing for interesting and wonderful and different new experiences. So I, I couldn't help but shout out to a couple of those games and and just shout out to the indie devs in general that create these incredible passion driven experiences. Because I think that I mean I can't really just put my head, my finger on one. I mean I I think I played Cuphead the most, and that's why I had to put that in there. Mm. Um, but there, there's just so much to be proud of with the the passion that goes into indie development because really I think in a lot of ways the things that these indie developers are doing keeps, you know, I, th- I think the bigger companies on their toes a little bit in a way because they are doing things that are different and showing that you can, can capture people's imaginations and, and interests with games that aren't, you know, the gi- most ginormous budget in the world. I mean... If if we had a decent fucking Ubisoft game for every indie game that was developed, we'd probably have a decent library of games, you know, from <laughs> Ubisoft. But we don't. So wow. it's just shit after piss after dick, basically. So anyway. Emotional um, damage. It's Most definitely emotional damage money. when you say it's shit after piss after dick. That's uh... Yeah, it is. <laughs> but so anyway, that's that's where I wanted to go with that this week because We've been talking about indie games a lot recently, and you know, especially with the Annapurna Showcase and a whole bunch of other, you know, little indie games that we've talked about on the show. But you know, indie games aren't little anymore; they're exciting, and um, I'm really just feel really pleased that we have a chance to talk about that on the show because it shows that anything is possible. See, I'm very positive this week. I don't know what mm. fucks happened. Maybe I dropped a bit of acid before the show. Um, <laughs> I'll just ask the genie in my bedroom. Mm. You do that. <laughs> All right, well, thanks, uh, thanks, Steely. Uh, C Mac, what have you got for us? 
favorite yeah so i've probably talked about this a million times as well but i really 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 i'm obsessed and loved it takes two and was obsessed too because it was game of the year and Mm. rightly so it was just so fun and like in the same vein as well the same who did the who who made it who made Something like Hazel Light Studios. Hazel Light, yeah. So the first, like the first um game that we both played from that studios was uh, a way out where you were mm. to, you were in a prison and you know it was obviously a co op game then, and that was before it takes two. And I fell in love with this type of game and these um co op games just from that. Stop! What are you doing? Brow was weird. <laughs> it's just poking my eye. Um, yeah, and I, because I, like I said before, I love playing co-op games with Simon on the couch because otherwise I just get tired and fall asleep. So um, I just love everything about the split screen and, you know, it, it takes two, as you all know, is just a masterpiece in gaming and it's just uh, nothing I've played indie-wise since then. Even, like, I love Stray so much but nothing I've played has come close to the level of love and detail and art style and different game styles and just story as that game has. So um, I'm keen to see what else the company comes up with because surely they're, they're working on something similar, surely, yeah, surely after surely. after this is success. So, yeah, that's, that's probably my pick. And I still think about it often and I would mm. I'd probably – in the market to play it again with you soon, I reckon. It's been a few years. Fucking let's do it. <laughs> let's do it. Lock it in. But yeah, that's mine. Yeah, so very good. Very both good. both great games. I really enjoyed A Way Out as well. Yeah. Um, probably the only criticism of that game was that it wasn't overly long. I would have liked to have continued that experience for another, I don't know, twice as long as what it was. So very. And you can see a few teething issues in that game, obviously, with the gunplay was horrendous yeah. was hor- horrendous it was very very bad but obviously they took all of that and they've like obviously it takes two is a completely different style of game mm. besides you know the similarity of co-op mm. it, it, it it's a you know a cartoony very much more light-hearted but and not as realistic looking but um yeah, there, there was not one fault I had it with It Takes Two. It's like a way out really did feel yeah. like a beginning game for them when mm. they were testing out how to do co-op successfully. Mm. And then they just, yeah, knocked it out of the park with It Takes Two. So, yeah, that's fine. Absolutely. Fantastic. Well, um, <clears throat> I I actually came into this segment with one game in my mind, but I've actually changed my mind about <laughs> which one I wanted to talk about. <laughs> and uh, the one that I wanted to talk about is a game called... Arcade Paradise. So this one came out last year on the 11th of August uh, by the developer Nosebleed Interactive. And essentially the premise of the game is uh, you're like a, a teenager who's like a bit of a, a bit of a screw up according to your father who's this hyper successful businessman in his own right. And he's got this little coin-operated laundry that, you know, he he bought ages ago, but it's not really doing that great. It's just sort of like something that he, he's, he owns the investment, but he doesn't really care about it. And so it just sits there just doing its own thing. And um, because your character says he doesn't want to sort of follow his dad into, into his line of business, he 
the the dad agrees to let you run the mm. the, the laundry basically yeah. the laundromat and so when you first start out you go in there and you're like washing loads of laundry for people like to earn a little bit of money there's little mini games where you go around you pick up all the trash that people leave in the laundry and uh, like you pick gum off of like the underside of like shelves and you know shit like that and then there's like a little mini game when the toilet gets blocked where you've got to go in there and battle the toilet with a plunger it's like a little boss fight every mm. time you do it um <laughs> it's it, it's cool and then at the beginning like the the laundry is like full of washing machines and and dryers and then in the very back there's like a little storeroom and you've got like three arcade games in there that the dad just sort of begrudgingly agreed to buy just to put in the back for people to have something to do. And as you take over, you realize that these games could actually be a more lucrative form of money than what the the laundry is. So um, the father like doesn't agree with you. He, he's determined that it has to stay a laundry. So your character sort of starts sneakily buying extra games and then like your your sister who's like more successful than you and she works in local council she starts helping you get council approvals to expand the laundry bigger and bigger but it's all to put in extra arcade machines and there's like this really cool story that unfolds throughout the course of playing the game where you know you you keep buying more and more machines you end up getting to a point where the machines are making way more money than what the rest of the laundry is. And so you progressively start shrinking that part of the business and putting more arcade machines in. Um, then you end up having this big fight with your father. I won't spoil it and tell you exactly what happens because you need to go and play this game yourself. But every arcade machine that you buy and install is playable by you. And then there's also little goals that you've got to achieve on each one and each goal that you achieve on a particular arcade machine makes that machine more profitable mm. so once you've unlocked like every machine has like three goals that you got to try and achieve and some of them are really really insanely hard to achieve um, but once you've unlocked all three goals on a machine like the amount of money that it makes just goes through the roof mm. and um, as you as you progress through there's like uh, upgrades you can unlock for the for the business so you can hire like an assistant manager and he'll go around and empty all the coin hoppers on the machines for you um, you can buy like um, uh, like a, a bigger trash bag so you can pick up more trash before you got to go and throw it in the bin outside um, there's all sorts of things um, they've released a few DLCs for the game as well like new arcade cabinets that you can buy and download and uh incorporate into the business and like i just had such a fun time with this game i kept going back to it day after day and like for for what it cost and it wasn't expensive it's like maybe a 20 or 30 dollar game i think it's on sale at the moment on the steam store for pc but i played it on ps5 and honestly i just had a ball with it like mm. they really took this concept and made it something great and i would love to see nosebleed interactive make a sequel to it because it was just really thoroughly enjoyable hmm. um, and if you haven't played it check it Go out check it out 100 percent. yeah i love the idea that you can actually play the 
the games that you buy for your store as well. That's mm. such a cool thing. And each of them has <clears> like a like it's modeled on like a game in real life. So like there's one that's like a knockoff of Missile Command. There's one mm. that's a knockoff of um asteroids. There's one that's a knockoff of Pac-Man. But they're all like redone and then they've added different things. So like the Pac-Man one is done in like a style of Grand Theft Auto where you're driving a car around mm. picking up like wads of cash off the street and then occasionally if the police catch up with you like uh basically you your car crashes and then you've got to quickly try and run and mm. like find your car again and jump back in so you can continue on so mm. it was a good little uh i guess uh, spin on the the traditional pac-man formula mm. um but really really fun game really cool so mm. much to unlock and and uh, have fun with and just this really endearing sort of story that that they had running in the background as well and most of it takes place over like answering machine messages so like mm. you come in after sleeping like because you got to go home at night and if you don't go home like you fall asleep like you pass out in mm. the in the uh, laundromat and then when you wake up you're like half the day's gone and mm. like so then it ruins your next day you got to leave at a reasonable hour and um like when you come in the next day like you'll push the answering machine and it'll be like hi you know this is your dad you know calling and I just wanted to let you know that, you know, you're still a fuck up and, you know, like, mm. it, it's just like this guy's just getting so hounded by, by his father and, like, you really feel for him mm. and, like, he's really genuinely trying to make a go of this business that his mm. father's entrusted to him to, to run. So, really, really cool. Can't recommend it enough. Uh, jump in and check okay. out Arcade Paradise. Well, that's about all the time we have for this week on the Discerning Gamer podcast. I would like to thank the DG crew, starting with Fergus Fergamon Hamilton. Thank you, Ferg. Thanks, JB. Always a pleasure, mate. And Simon Steely McLaughlin. Thank you. Thank you, Joel. You know what they say, when you don't let all of your shit and piss out in one episode, it comes out in the other. Get ready. Oh, the ball's hardened. <laughs> And last but not least, Casey C. Mac, Pistol Pete, the Pissed McLaughlin. Thank you very much. Very long name. Thank you so much, Joel. And uh, uh, if you have a favourite indie game that you wish to share with us, reach out to us on the socials. Drop us a line. Drop us a photo. Drop us a little video, uh, if you like, uh, of your favourite indie title, because we'd love to check that out. And we'll see you next week. See ya. Bye. See you later, everyone. Hey, you don't even have to worry about dropping me a photo because I'm a pro hacker now. I'm a little blue pervert. I'm, I'm coming for your fucking camera roll. You better